for the greatness of the United States of America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today, buddy? Last weekend, it was... Uh, what, New Hampshire? Now Iowa for the candidates? Yeah, it's a big gathering uh, of the Iowa Faith and Freedom Gathering. It's uh, mainly a more conservative kind of crowd, and so not everybody is going to be there this weekend amongst the GOP hopefuls. Jeb Bush and Chris Christie, two of the notables who will not be in Iowa. But it does come at a moment where suddenly uh, new national polling shows a big bump for a guy named Marco Rubio, who just announced yeah. his candidacy last week. Now, you know, I think everybody, when they get in, they see a little bump as people pay more attention to them. I just still feel like Marco Rubio's got a lot of room to grow in this race. We'll see whether or not you can take advantage of that and move up, uh, but he'll be making his very first speech in Iowa tomorrow on Saturday and also doing an event at an Iowa State Senator's home as well. And uh, this will be his first foray to Iowa since uh, getting in the race. Others will be there, like Scott Walker and Bobby Jindal and others. So a number of uh, people will be there uh, also uh, making their case to activists in Iowa. And, you know, it's a uh, it's obviously as we move forward, you really think about it, Herman. These are the times when you get out there and maybe you can shake a few more hands, meet some of the important people, network your way into it. I mean, not only as a candidate, and I'm certain you'll remember this, not only are you trying to look for that boomlet, but you're trying to find people to work for you and right. help you out as well. Yeah. And, you know, in the last few minutes, I was just uh, spending a little time on social media, seeing what I could track down. And I, I tell you, I, I know this is just looking from 35,000 feet, but I'm really amazed at the breadth and the depth of the Hillary Clinton campaign organization already in New Hampshire and Iowa and the people they've got working for them already and the infrastructure they've created already. I'm not saying that they're going to win because of it or anything. You can have a very good organization, but if your message doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. But when you contrast that with the Republicans right now, it is a big difference in terms of who is really organizing on the ground more and has people out there already doing a lot of that and the others that are still getting themselves into that mode. So it's a, a difficult time for somebody like a Rubio and others who not only have to try to spur themselves up in the polls, meet people, go around the country as well, but also organize the ground staff too. And that's a, that's a whole different animal. And on the other hand, those that are not staffing up quickly are doing it smart based upon my own experience because many of the people, yeah, you're right, they, the Clinton campaign has the money to hire a bunch of folks yes, they do. with breadth and depth. Well, some of the others are taking it a little easier because you don't want to end up with multi-million dollar debt if you aren't able to stay in the race. So, sure, uh, it's I, a whole different yeah. scenario for the Republicans. It's you're whole, absolutely right because different scenario. you never know how much money you're going to be able to raise. Right. And, you know, the... Uh, you know, you ran, I don't mean this in a negative way, but I, it seemed to me you ran sort of a shoestring kind of campaign. I don't mean that in a bad way, but you didn't have that many people. Right. And, I, and I think that is really sort of the way it used
usually happens, and then you try to staff up in some of these states and move people around as you move from state to state. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is really interesting. I find it. Uh, you know, I found the 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 Hillary Clinton people were already they've already signed a lease for a building in Davenport, Iowa. They're already doing this and that here and there, and it's a much different viewpoint on the Republican side when you look at some of the stuff they're up to. It's more about well, my candidate's going to be here. They're going to be there. They're making a speech here. A much different type of operation. Who wins in the end? You know, we'll find out next year. But obviously, uh, when you look at the Republican race right now, it just sort of seems that Rubio has that chance to grow. We'll see if he can seize the moment in the weeks and months ahead. Well, my campaign from announcement day in May up until September, I was running on a shoestring, and we were on fumes at one point. But then when I won that Florida P5 straw poll, yep. that's when it took off and the money started to flow in. And it just underscored the fact that, unfortunately, people only want to contribute to your campaign if you think you got a realistic well, chance Well, momentum is all what momentum. it's all about. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's, let's face it. You can get by on not much into Iowa and New Hampshire. But you've got to finish well. I mean, you, you can hold on with your fingernails in Iowa and maybe finish in the top four or something like that and maybe get a boost going into New Hampshire. But you and I both know once you start not doing well, the money just dries up. And then you get the pesky people like me walking up to you and saying, so are you going to give up? Pesky? So are you going to give up? Like you? Yeah, are you going to give up? <laughs> you know, I didn't do too well. Are you going to give up? You know, and it, it, it gets to be a little much to change that dynamic and change yeah. those stories around. Well, that's true. Now, that reminds me of another story. For the Iowa straw poll, which took place in August, and ironically, there's going to be the first Republican debate is going to be in August. Then they've got that Iowa straw poll. Michelle Bachman, Congressman Michelle Bachman, literally tried to buy that Iowa was straw poll. Yep. Guess what? They bust in people. They put a lot of money into it. My campaign couldn't even find a golf cart to take me from the pavilion <laughs> over to where we were giving away free Godfather's Pizza. We had to walk or use regular commercial automobiles. Now, guess what? She won the Iowa straw poll. Yeah, how'd that work out for her? Uh, her ratings in the poll did not move an inch. And you're right. A pesky reporter, it wasn't you, then challenged me the next day and said, well, you didn't do too well in our, uh, in the straw poll, or you dropping out? I said, no, that's not an indication that I'm going to drop out. So you're right. A lot's going to change. That's the other thing about these polls. A lot's going to change sure. between now and the end of the year. Uh, one other thing. Uh, yesterday we had the uh, the Senate vote on the uh, Loretta Lynch nomination, and what uh, what was interesting from the 2016 point of view was you had. Uh, watching the votes this week, and I think we'll be doing a lot more of that in the Senate for the three Republican senators, and maybe a fourth if Lindsey Graham gets in the race, to see how many votes they're here for as they juggle their jobs and how many votes they miss as they're around. We had 11 votes this week in the Senate. Rand Paul did not miss any of them. Marco Rubio missed three of them, and Ted Cruz missed 10 of them, 10 of the 11, including the final vote on Loretta Lynch. He did come back yesterday to speak on the floor, voted on a parliamentary procedural motion, but then left to go to a fundraiser down in Dallas before the final vote. And what was interesting about what happened after that is it forced his team to then address that and deal with that and to be on the defensive a little on that, when instead if he had stayed that extra hour or so, he might have been late to his fundraiser, but he could have easily just said, you know, I was late because I voted against Loretta Lynch. It's a reminder of the little things at times. Do you want to spend energy on them? Does it really matter? None of this will matter long term. But uh, as, I, as I told somebody yesterday, the reporters here in Congress are going to be doing one main thing as we watch this race in coming months. How often are you here? 
and how often are you missing votes? It's something to think about for those four that uh, others don't have to worry about as much, like a Jeb Bush. He doesn't have a day job that he has to worry about somebody watching him on. Right. Getting back to Hillary Clinton, since she's the only declared candidate right now, um, all of the flack about her foundation and when she was Secretary of State, I know that a lot of people are going to try to downplay it, but the optics just simply don't look good. No, it just it it smells. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't no, I don't think you can uh, uh, say that there's anything that you can tie directly and say, well, that's illegal or something. But at the same time, it just doesn't look good in many ways. Now, that's that's the issue though. Here, are we going to find more and more of these stories, or is it going to be a typical kind of Clinton scandal? where there's stuff that doesn't look right, it doesn't smell right, but you can never get to that last point with yeah. them to really tie it all up with a bow and say, here it is. And that's what I just sort of wonder about this, because I've covered so many of these over the years. Is this just another example that the Clinton team has certainly gone right into their usual battle mode on this, which is attacking the media, attacking news organizations, attacking individual reporters, or in this case, uh, the guy who's writing this book that's going to be out in the next 10 days or so, and trying to undermine them as best they can, and not really addressing directly some of the charges that have been made. Now, this latest story from the New York Times, I know everybody thinks that, you know, uh, papers like the New York Times are in the back pocket of Hillary Clinton. The, the nastiness that's being lo lobbed by the Clinton team at the New York Times, I think, is really interesting at this point in time. They're going to go after anybody that crosses them on this, and they're going to do it in their usual way of hitting you hard in the face and hoping that you back off. And we'll have to see if it works. Now, we got that on one hand, the Clinton Foundation. Then on the other, Benghazi is also going to come back to life in coming weeks. Right. Uh, Republicans told Hillary Clinton yesterday in a letter they want to set a public hearing with her for the week of May 18th, in which they would bring her in on Benghazi. And then at another point, have another hearing on the email situation, you know, involving her email server right. while she was Secretary of State. Well... It's, it's like swimming upstream, and we'll see. But like you said, with that organization that they put together in New Hampshire an hour, they, it appears as if she's going to just continue to go full speed ahead. Now, didn't, uh, going back to the Loretta Lynch vote, yeah. did, didn't McCain vote for her, but... Uh, Kelly Iote and Lindsey Graham voted against her? Yeah, the uh, McCain uh, voted against Loretta Lynch. The uh, the ten Republicans who voted for her, Ayotte of New Hampshire, uh, Collins of Maine, Cochran of Mississippi, Flake of Arizona, Graham of South Carolina, Orrin Hatch of Utah, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, that was one that we were sort of surprised by, Mark Kirk of Illinois, Rob Portman of Ohio, and then, of course, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell voted for her as well. Uh, some of the reporting that's gone on since is that uh, McConnell worked really hard to find enough people to vote for her uh, on the procedural matter, on cloture, so that there would be well over 60 votes on that and then cut people loose to vote against her if they wanted to on the final vote as well. I don't think there was any, ever any uh, real drama on this. We certainly didn't feel about it. The only story really related to this in recent weeks was the delay more than anything else. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they needed the 60 votes to get closure on the debate. No, actually but only 50 under only the new 50. rules. See, the, the Republicans have not changed the rules back. Yeah. And I think Senator McConnell wanted to make sure that there were more than 60 
on the cloture vote so that you would not have any internal fight right now about whether those rules should be returned to the way they were before Harry Reid and the Democrats employed the nuclear option in the last year. So we really haven't had the showdown uh, amongst Republicans over that, but that was something that was sort of on the back burner underneath this as well. One last question. Um, who told Lindsey Graham that he has a chance of getting the nomination and becoming president? It's funny. What, what I, is he, I, I mentioned is he smoking? I mentioned that to a friend of mine yesterday, and he gave me a great answer because uh, I was saying the same thing. Yeah. And he said, well, look, uh, Lindsey Graham this way, he's from South Carolina. They're the third state that'll vote right now on the schedule. Uh, so he can be a part of the conversation. Even if he doesn't do well in Iowa or New Hampshire, he can still come down to South Carolina and maybe run as a favorite son. He can certainly, uh, even if he runs and doesn't go anywhere, he can certainly say, I was involved. He can certainly become a bit of a player in people in South Carolina and in other places. And I think he will have the backing of John McCain as well. I know that's not a big deal for a lot of people. No. But organizationally, there might be some people along the way. And, you know, I look at the history of all kinds of senators and House members who've run for president, in which we always say quietly here in, in the Capitol, why are they doing it? Well, deep down, I guess they believe they're going to win. Well, they said that about me. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. The, the experience and results you trust. Herman Cain. He just has a good message and a good conservative point of view. Solutions for a better America. Coming up, rapid fire, 877-310-2100.